Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the I'll Try That podcast. I'm joined again, as always, with uh, Matt Barber. Hey, stay here, Matt. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? And uh, we have a very special guest. I've got Greg Bateman, the founder of the People's Captain Craft Beer Company. Greg, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? Excellent, thanks. Yeah, good. Thanks for th- thanks for taking the time to come and uh, come and chat to us, Greg. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm pleased that you've managed to squeeze us in because I hear you're at a trade show right now. Yes, uh, the the good, bad, and the ugly of the on trade at, uh, at this trade show. Having having a good time, lots of great conversations, and um, you know, just just um, seeing how we can push on with our uh, objectives. And what part of the country is your trade show? It's uh, it's at the XL in London, so you know it, it's nice to oh, be nice. here in the big yeah. smoke and um, uh, and find a hotel that's not um, co- completely ridiculous on the bank account. But um, <laughs> no, it's very nice, being very well looked after. Thank you. I, I've been to a few of those uh, those trade shows, and they're just uh, you know it's hustle and bustle. You're just chatting to people the whole time. Are you finding uh, you know good good reception with people? Are people have, enjoying the chat? <laughs> yeah, I think it's crazy though because uh, the particular one that we're we're exhibiting at you can get an edible straw a bamboo plate and uh, a beer and some mozzarella cheese from somewhere or some poultry from ukraine or whatever so it's, it's, it's a little something for everybody uh, at this uh, particular <laughs> event and I, you know which is great um but it it's a very overwhelming to to um exhibit at let alone if you're uh, <laughs> trying to run a business and you sort of i never knew i needed uh, a chicken from from ukraine but i, I do now so <laughs> it's all good um yes and uh, it's come sort of Four o'clock. Everybody's had enough, and they're over at the the, uh, the tap room, and um, you're pouring pints, which is which is good. Well, if I'm honest, out of all of those items that you just listed there, yours is where I'd be heading, making a beeline for. I think, as you said, the tap room is where I'd want to be. You know, it's uh, you know when you've done with with talking about edible straws and bamboo plates, you want to be talking about beer. Well, you'd like to think so. Um, although, to be honest, next to me is a, a new tequila from Mexico, and he, he tried palming that off to me at half past nine this morning, and I, <laughs> I very politely declined. So um, <laughs> I, uh, he d- definitely needs like a time slot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, but I'll, I'll get you probably later on, mate, if that's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you sort of pick and choose your moments to rise like. A phoenix and half nine this morning wasn't wasn't mine but uh yeah it's all good it's all good i'm impressive array of uh of, of you know your top white rugby that you, you played so you played at exeter chiefs leicester tigers newport gwent dragons i mean you're my token rugby fan barber thanks mate he's of course alluding to gloucester i'm i'm uh season ticket holder at the shed which i i don't let him forget um too often but uh <laughs> yeah Yes, no. I feel very fortunate to have played um, played uh, you know for the clubs I have, and um, you know met some amazing people and had some great experiences. Had some fairly average ones as well, um, but you know rugby is an amazing game that is so connected still um, with the players and the fans, and uh, and and it's great and. Speaking specifically of the shed, it is one of the best places to play. See, it's not just me saying it. <laughs> I, I imagine it would be slightly better if you were playing for Gloucester than somebody else. But uh, <laughs> I, I, did, I have had to throw a couple of balls in from in front of the shed, and it's pretty difficult. <laughs> uh, pretty difficult thing to do, but there we are. It's all good. Thank you. Yeah, interesting cross section of society in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, as a card carrying member, of course. So, what was the transition from from rugby into into beer? Then, how did that how did that all kind of happen? 
So I learned to be uh, to brew while I was um, while I was at Leicester. Um, I was sponsored by a pub group. Um, you know, like players have their own sort of individual player sponsors, and and the pub group sponsored me, which was amazing. And um, it was sort of chatting about this idea of doing a beer to kind of celebrate uh, that they'd um, they'd sponsored me. Uh, so he sent me down the road to um, a lovely bre- lovely couple, Andrew and Andrea Reed at Charnwood Brewery. Anybody that's listening in in the Midlands, I would highly recommend that you go and check their beers out because they are sensational. And um, I just sort of learned what I was doing, and um, we went to go and do this launch night in the middle of uh, in the middle of Leicester City Centre, and. I suppose anybody that's listening that is thinking about getting into brewing, I should warn them, don't put Manu behind the bar if you'd like to make a scalable business because nobody pays for drinks. Um, and we had a, a fantastic time. And uh, I, I think that, you know, it was probably at, at the sort of, you know, the start of when I was I was struggling and having something to do every 20 minutes for eight hours was, um, was very cathartic. And I, I certainly enjoyed the process. And, you know, ending up with a physical product at the end of it was um, was an amazing thing to do. So, uh, yeah, I suppose that's the the quick answer as to how I got started, and then sort of did a bit more with Everards, and then thought actually I might have a crack at this, and 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 here I am in a hotel outside the XL, wondering why I'm doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we're getting there slowly. Thank you. You're chatting to us, so so it's not quite that you made it just yet. So. <laughs> You've got to still keep grinding. Never. That's it. That's it. Very lucky that um, the they've all been perfect. (laughs) Very lucky that I was, you know, when I was with Andrew and Andrew, it was kind of like I knew what I wanted and was like, okay, this is the kind of style that I'm after. And then just sort of, it's not like I was just given the brew kit to just go and make a beer. It was very much like, okay, cool, well, we know how we want it to end up and this is how we do it. And I was, you know, just shoveling things uh, in, into the into the hopper to make sure that it, it, it all, uh, all worked. But um, no, I think uh, that was okay. I suppose probably the, the big moment that I realised that you kind of can make anything that you like was uh, when I, I started doing some bits with Everards, which was really, really fun. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, it's uh, February's coming up and we really want a stout. And I was thinking, oh, <laughs> I don't really drink stout. It's not something I'm massively keen on. Cause I, but that's because I don't like dark, yeah, dark yeah. roasted malt flavours. I, I drink Guinness, happy with that. But, you know, obviously there's plenty in that that, that compensates for the, the dark and roasted flavours. And uh, I sort of didn't really know how to tell this guy that I didn't want to do it. So I got the father-in-law around and we ordered sort of 30 beers from around UK breweries and just sat at my kitchen table from anywhere from sort of 3% to 25%, you know, right up the scale, wondering what we could do. And uh, went back to the guy and was like... Yeah, so I think around five, <laughs> if we use some lactose and make it a milk stout, I'd like to dry hop it, did this, and he was like, yeah, okay, let's give it a go. And it, it was really, really good. So I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, we'll just make beers we like then, because if nobody else drinks them, then we're having them for Christmas. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll crack yeah, on. Yeah, thorough product testing beforehand. That's obviously the key, isn't it? <laughs> Crucial. 
I love a milk stout. And actually, I think that the, what you were talking about there, making it a milk stout and then dry hopping it as well. I mean, as you said, it's just kind of craft beer gives you that that ability to just kind of do whatever you think is right or what you think will get the right right output at the end. That At the end of the day, you will like to drink. You know, I think that's where I think we're seeing with a lot of the craft brewers at the moment is they're putting their own personal spin on these kind of well-known beers because it's like, well, I like it. So other people will like it as well. You know, in this way, rather than saying, oh, actually it has to be about what consumers are going to want. It's like, well, almost brewers are driving that. Um, to some extent yeah I, I suppose the only challenge I would give to that is um, you know, at People's Captain I have a very different product philosophy to that anyway so I never make a product based on what's in the glass we make a product based on a story a character to inspire a conversation and an action and then we kind of work backwards from there so I kind of feel like Yes, that's that's really important, and clearly, there's a certain market for certain beers, and you know, it's not like we've chosen our beers because they're really random. That's like ninety five percent of you know consumer t- consumer profiles locked up in five beers, but I think um, it's important because what's the best way to say this? I guess that so much of beer is is personal perception and personal choice. Uh, you know, I, I never try to sp- try and spend my time telling people that my beer is better than somebody else's beer. And actually, I think People's Captain is about consumers. It's about them, and we're trying to inspire them to look after each other. I'm not trying to tell them that they should drink beer like mine or or whatever. Actually, they do that anyway because they believe in what we're doing. Um, and it, I I do an amazing job of talking the beers down, <laughs> um, but I, they do stand up for themselves. All I was going to say, you're getting quite a lot of reviews on 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 the website, which is saying like, you know, to the contrary of that, of how good the beers are. People really recommending the lagers and stuff. So as you said, it's like you know, I think you're you're delivering on that. So talk to me more about the philosophy of of, uh, of people's captain and, and kind of what that's about. for sure. Well, I think probably a good place to start is where how we started and, and what we're trying to do, and then that'll that'll uh, make sense, but. Um, I I had a um, what what I suppose people would define as mental health crisis. I didn't have a bleeping clue <laughs> um, that uh, that this was a thing because and, and, and it's, you know stigma is an interesting thing to talk about. But I it has, this had has never come up in conversation with my mates or was never educated about it at school. I had no idea what had hit me and I didn't know how to process what I was going through. Um, my best mate from school was trying to get me out for a pint for ages because you know when you make, there's something up with your mate and you don't really know how to start that conversation. You're like, are you okay? How are you really? You know, the old ask, ask twice thing. And, it, and he knew something was up and finally we went and had a beer and then I was just really honest. Um, and people often say like, oh, that's great that you found a time that you could be honest. Uh, with somebody but actually I think it was um, probably the first time I was honest with myself about how I felt because until you start talking to somebody you don't really know what's going on right so uh, this was sort of all around the time that I was learning how to brew and I kind of figured that actually there's these social moments that happen all the time we catch up with our mates for a beer we go for go and watch the game we pop around and crack a beer open before we have Sunday lunch or whatever and I wanted people's captain to stand for those social moments that happen all the time meet people exactly where they are and just ask them to make them count yeah. 
So we make it count by we donate to mental health charities through the sale of our beers anyway. How we ask people to make it count of their mates is, why don't you check in on them? I'll say how, how they really are. Why don't you start a conversation or why don't you ask more questions that you just might find out more about how things really are? Because I feel like there's a pyramid to mental health, social, psychological, biological, right? Um, and there is so much that we can do on a social level that will have a massive impact on the amount of people that end up needing real support by psychiatrists or um, psychologists. Now, uh, full disclosure, I have been on all three of those level of, levels of the pyramid, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I'm certainly not saying that drinking beer is the answer to all of those things. I'm just saying that there are these moments that are happening all the time and I just want people to, uh, or I'm inviting people into that same space that I shared with my mate and that's I suppose where we're carving out that niche. So in answer to your question about half an hour ago before <laughs> I started waffling on, is um, when it, so when it comes to product philosophy, at what point during anything I just said was, did I, can I remember what beer I had with my mate? Or can I remember, you know, the, anything else about it? I remembered that I was in a safe space and felt like somebody would listen to me. So I don't know how important it is that I tell you that it's a 4.2% session American Pale Ale with a citrusy kick. You, you're going to drink the beer anyway. <laughs> do, you, do, do you know what I mean? So talk to me about these beers themselves. So I was looking on your website. You've got Islander, you've got Legend, Stereotype, and Tis the Saison. And all of them are these fantastic caricatures with, like, scribbles. Whoa, 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 scribbles. <laughs> no, the, uh, so I, I'm, I just offended him. Um, the uh, street artist that does all of our characters is a, a guy named Nathan Bowen. And um, he he is part of our business, our creative director, if you will. So he has shares in our company. And his job is to take the story of the beer and then bring it to life of a character. So... Um, like for example stereotype you will notice mm. the character yeah. when I was coming together with my range I was like right cool well I want a lager an APA yada 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 then you know the inverted commas experts were like no 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 no, don't, don't do a lager they all taste the same only white blokes drink it they go to football <laughs> matches and start fights you don't want to do a lager and I was like well <laughs> like I, I know that lagers can taste different and good beer should be for everyone. So I was chatting with Nathan about it. I was like, look, we're going to do like an English-style lager, but with Hellatau hops. It's going to have like Lovely. subtle nectar yeah. kind of fruits. It's going to be quite quite different, really crisp, refreshing. But here's some feedback I've had, and we sort of chatting about it. And then we were like, yeah, well, to hell with that. We're going to do a black girl in dungarees, and we're going to call it Stereotype. Because that's kind of how we, you know, we feel that lager and whatever drink you should have it should be for everyone and that character represents um inclusivity yeah. and uh, and positive vibes i guess uh legend uh moving up the scale would be uh well that's the first beer that i brewed with the guys at charnwood very classic american pale ale traditionally a cask recipe in fact um and that is i suppose citrusy mm -hmm. with a bit of a hoppy kind of zing i would say um but that character means a lot to me, and actually is the character on my T-shirt from me um, selling my soul at this this <laughs> event today. Uh, but he has his hand up because he's brave enough to ask for help. And I think that what we're trying to encourage people to do is to either be a legend and ask for help or be a legend and ask your mate if they need help. 
and that character really resonates with people because I've been in a pub actually in 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 London and where where it's been on in draft and uh, we were sat at the bar but a bit further down from where people were ordering. And they, uh, I could hear them saying, oh, do you want to be the legend or shall I be the legend this time? And it was really interesting that people were sort of self-identifying with this beer, which was which was fantastic and was super chuffed with that. Um, Short and Stout is uh, the milk stout I was talking about earlier. Um, and it was this it's kind of changing perceptions, like how how do we, how often do we have to have, you know, you, you make this initial perception of something where you're like, oh, I don't like stout or oh I don't like traveling or oh I'd, that person is really difficult but actually if you give something a go could that could that open up a conversation or change something for you uh, Islander that's um that's Manu's beer that we um we brewed together and is about when you're kind of on an island or you feel like you're on your own how do you bring yourself back to centre and how do you find a place of community and connection because if you want to learn about what great communities look like go and talk to people from pacific islands because those those guys know how to uh, look after one another and, and their families and tis the saison to be honest uh the character is is, is not quite right but that's our fault because we got a bit carried away with the whole winter <laughs> theme but it's actually a sort of beer to be drunk in spring and summer but um <laughs> about that sort of changing season sort of vibe in life but uh actually when uh we do festivals in the summer and it's you know north of 25 degrees that's the beer to to uh to Plus, go i mean who doesn't love a good pun you know and tis the saison is just fantastic as a pun you know i could really get on board with that one yeah exactly we we, we sell loads in december <laughs> um, so just just needs to change character for the rest of the year well, we've been talking a lot about December, like seasonal beers at that time of year. Always these kind of really quite heavy, almost like stouty-esque or like really fruity. Actually, having a really refreshing saison would be like a palate cleanse. It's a shame this uh, podcast isn't going out in December because we're doing a great job of flogging saison. <laughs> but, um, what I do quite like about that style generally, so we use um, wild bell saison yeast in there. Um, so it's a very traditional style, but really, really dry. That's the driest beer we have. So... If you get that super cold, it's amazing in the summer. But during the winter months, if you drink that a little bit warmer than fridge temperature, so take it out of the fridge an hour before you're going to have it, and or just let it breathe, you get all the herb, herbaceous, sort of spicy floral notes, and it's lovely to settle down with. So that beer kind of has a bit of a two sides to it, a chameleon, if you will. Now you've touched on and, and talked about the foundation that underpins like the work that you're doing here for you know kind of supporting and putting almost like the money where the mouth is kind of you know the actionable side of, of the kind of the work that you're doing here um, you know and you kind of put it in this umbrella term of brewing positivity which I love by the way I think that is just you know it's just it just makes a lot of sense and you've got a target of reaching a million pounds um, you know that is a, a hefty target that you're 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 kind of like reaching for. Um, Talk to us a bit about the foundation and the kind of the work that you, you guys are, are planning on doing. Yeah, so um, we know that it's going to take an awfully long time for us to, to donate a million pounds out of our sales um, to support uh, mental health initiatives. So we do fundraisers. Um, so last year we, we shaved Richard Hibbard's head um, to, uh, to raise money. And uh, obviously Matt, you'll oh, remember yeah. Hibbs from his time at Gloucester. <laughs> Um, and it was a little bit, we were a bit concerned that it was like Samson, and once you cut the locks, whether he would lose his abilities, but um, 
he he just retired instead. Um, so we also this year, uh, myself and a few uh, rugby players that I played with down at Exeter are going to be climbing Mont Blanc in support of Lucid's, the rugby mental health charity. And um, in fact, actually, uh, that is this is the first time I've spoken to anybody publicly about this. So uh, if you can give me a little bit of time before you, <laughs> before you put this out, because there should be a link that, uh, that goes live in time for this episode. But um, I think, um, anyway, in answer to your question, Joe, the, the point for me was how helpful was it me being aware of how I felt? Incredibly helpful. What was more helpful for me was knowing what I was going to do about it. And I feel like raising awareness is a really um, commendable thing to do in the mental health space. But what I'm terrified of is that we raise a load of awareness and then people don't know what to do about it. Because if you look around mental health services at the moment, thanks to our um, government that's in place at the moment, they, they are destitute and they don't have enough support. Um, so we nominated two charities to support through the foundation, which was Samaritans and Young Minds, and we do loose heads kind of separately with with what we do. Um, and we we want to do as much as we can. I think I feel like if I revisit um, the pyramid that I talked about earlier, social, psychological, biological, we're we're not experts. I'm a very very well meaning bloke, and I would like to think that people know that they could reach out to me and. Uh, and ask but I, I, I won't ever give advice I'm not an expert and I, I wouldn't want to put myself or that person in a difficult position thankfully we have charities out there that do amazing work but they need help and support and um, we can certainly do that through the sales of our beers and we're, we're delighted to do so it's it's commendable honestly I mean I, I know that you're saying it's not not an expert but I think that and, and the awareness is something that you're kind of doing um, as your primary focus within that social sphere but I think that from from you know kind of personal I guess kind of anecdotes over the last few couple of years I think the conversation around mental health is a lot healthier than it has ever been before um you know I think people are talking about mental health you know I think there's an open conversation about mental health which just wasn't there you know maybe five to six seven years ago um you know I don't think it's just you know the pa- I think the pandemic kind of was a catalyst but I think people's perceptions of that of, of, of what mental health is and the impacts of mental health and not just brushing it off as I'll just go run around outside drink some more water you know those kind of like blase comments it's like no actually there's some real fundamental things here that you know it's it's you know they're kind of dealing with that people are dealing with on the day-to-day basis i mean i think so i I think if i was to make one correction to your very lovely um summary of what we do um we're not really trying to raise awareness it happens by what we do so and to give you an example what we try and do with our customers, for example, is give nudges and prompts, give them questions, give them things to think about, give them something, a question to ask their mate or whatever. What we're trying to do is is help with skills um, that people can learn. And that's what I'm talking about. So we're, we're sort of, there's awareness and then there's action and we're sort of in this action bit. And then if you think about a pub group that we take on, so... Uh, we take on a pub group and we will deliver workshops about skills and we have mental fitness software that we can give to pub groups that can help them develop skills to prevent them ending up in trauma. Uh, Now, that, I think, is where we want to spend our time, not so much on this is a great big fucking problem. 
bleeping problem and we need uh, and we need your help to know how big this problem is actually and and this is where i think we do agree is uh, not that we don't agree but where what you said was absolutely bob on the conversation is changing and that's great because uh well certainly when i was going through what i was going through when i thought this was a mental health problem the image that comes into my mind with mental health is a black and white image of somebody with their head in their hands and actually mental health being on par with physical health is changing there's still a way to go and there's some people doing amazing stuff in that awareness space um and i hope you don't mind me making a just a slight correction on what you said there joe that was just important to no i think that's very fair i think it's you know as i said this is a huge area huge topic and i think everyone's got like their part to play within this you know and whatever they're carving out i think Hugely. you know this is um you know there is not going to be a one one you know it's not a cookie cutter you know template that one size fits all you know it, it has to be adapted yeah, no, I, I just I echo that as well because I think um, that I, I probably hadn't quite appreciated until you ex- explained it again there, Greg. That actually the, the importance of what you're doing because I think I probably put myself in the category of maybe being more aware these days of of uh, mental health issues. But again, that actually just trying to put tools in the hands of people to take it on a step and and be a a positive agent for change. Um, you know, as and when you know if the opportunity arrives or being able to identify when when there is a chance then um yeah no that seems that seems uh, you know in- incredibly as i said earlier on our beers aren't about us they're about everybody else and um what what we wanted to do was to highlight that a lot of good stuff happens every day so we're brewing positivity right and we want to change that narrative around mental health and show you that actually by there are some amazing people out there that just do phenomenal things. So last year, we opened up the People's Captain Awards where I was like, right, let's find out who these people are and what they're doing. And you wouldn't believe some of the stories that we had in of just people that have just done amazing things with people from for years. Um, now, the guy we chose in the end was a, a, a chap called Samuel, who was nominated by... Um, a girl called Georgia, who uh, unfortunately had a, a tragic accident and has ended up um, in a wheelchair as a result, had a brain stroke. Um, and he turned up every single day when she was in hospital, even when she was in a coma, didn't know he was there, would play his guitar, read her stories. Uh, and it was like miles from the uh, hospital, would drive her to appointments, still does now. And there was something about this person that just turned up every day in that nature that made me think that is something that I want to encourage people about. And that you talk about positive mental health, there's somebody that's just turning up every day, being a top mate. So we did it. We made the beer. Um, there was a collab with Four Pure actually, and we called it Steadfast. So Nathan made a knight in shining armor with a guitar instead of a sword. Um, and it was amazing. We did a, law, uh, a night at the Four Pure Tap Room um, down in Bermondsey. We had Woody Cook on decks, um, Nathan down doing doing his stuff, and uh, it was honestly one of the best things I've ever been involved with because we just had these uh, Georgia and Samuel down and just talking about uh, their story and what they did, and just this amazing celebration of um, of the of the beer. I will just come back to Matt something that you said. Um, about 
teaching people skills right and just being aware and as an anecdote i'll give you a, uh, an example so every now and again i get asked to do talks at companies and I, w- I won't tell you the name of the company but it's one of the big four and uh, they asked me to go and do a um a workshop on mental health in the workplace or whatever you know I haven't got any corporate experience, so it was it wasn't necessarily. Uh, I don't know whether I was the best person. So I was t- talking about exactly what we're talking about now, and the reason I'm bringing this up is to make a good example. And uh, and she said uh, that this lady, who's one of the partners, put her hand up and said, "Look, I just want a list of ten things to look out for in people that are, are struggling." And I said, "I totally understand what you're talking about. What I'd like to talk to you about is." learning how to have conversations where you can really listen and hear what they're saying so that you can identify that that might be something you should ask more about. Well, no, look, I just want the 10 things. I just want the, a list of 10 things uh, because a guy in my team went off sick and uh, unfortunately uh, was was about to, to make a, a bad decision that he was no longer here anymore. And I had no idea. I had no idea something was wrong with him. I said, oh, okay. What did he say to you before he went off sick? He just said he was really struggling with his workload. But, I mean, we're all really struggling with our workload. So I thought, well, if you can't hear I'm really struggling with my workload and notice that that might be a reason to start a conversation with someone, I don't know if me giving you a list of 10 things to look out for about a lack of eye contact or whatever, because, unfortunately, it becomes a tick box and people don't take notice of it. And the reason I'm sharing this story, because hopefully there'll be somebody listening, that rather than thinking about, oh, how can I be super vigilant and look out for these things that might come up in my everyday life, it's just being present and listening, really listening and understanding so that you can just notice when someone says, I'm really busy at work, how are you getting on with that? Why are you so busy? What's happened? Like, And just drilling into it, you'll find out. Do you see what I mean? So I think that there's lots that we can do on this social level that would massively improve our chances of not ending up in crisis. Now, that's interesting, though. I, I quite just that, that helps crystallise it in my mind a little bit as well because it sounds almost as just though it's almost the seeing a, a door is open, go and walk through it, rather than um, seeing if a door is ajar or a, a open or whatever it may be. So a slightly clunky analogy. I apologise, but... Um, yeah, it's about actually taking a step, taking that first step towards helping, I suppose. I think so, but I, I also think it's just it's it's about not being clumsy, right? Because there's nothing more annoying than the like, you know, people nosing around, or you know that when you like people ask you if you feel all right in the morning, and then by the end of the day, when forty people have asked you if you feel yeah. all right, you're like, oh, I don't <laughs> know if I actually feel yeah. all right because <laughs> everyone's asking me. But it's just about you know being that bit more present and just trying to trying to be aware of those things there are certain skills and stuff that you know can be taught that you can listen better and and learn how to be more active i think so and also because the trained response to are you feeling all right is like yeah yeah i'm fine you know and that's the trained response and if you get that 40 times a day you're going to give the same response 40 times a day but it's that one person that goes a little bit further that gets the actual response out of you you know rather than just the 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 the, you know, the recall absolutely um so i actually do a a whole session on this where ask twice was an amazing campaign but it doesn't invoke a different response so i do this workshop thing called ask better with some experts in conversate really difficult conversations they teach people how to listen and talk and whatever it's amazing i'm not here to talk about that um 
but I think that whole so if somebody listening is like okay so how can we get people to be more honest so I have a personal pledge that I've made to myself where if someone says how are you I'm just honest now because I and in my head that says to me that when I ask you guys if you're alright you know it's okay to be honest with me so then it's just like rather than being like oh no you said you're alright Joe but I noticed that your left eye twitched a little bit as you said as you said that I just want to check that you're okay is actually yeah I'm fine I'm pretty tired because I've been stood up at a trade show all day with people trying to sell me nuts and digital open banks but like I'm alright I'm having a good Exactly, yeah, and I had six tequilas at nine thirty. But um, I, I just think that there's a lot of behaviour that we can model and do our do that would be better, you know. And, and I feel like we don't need to overcomplicate stuff. We just need to, as I said before, what we're trying to do is meet people where they are in these social moments that are happening, right? And it's having a pint. What's going on? How's things? How's work? How's the missus? Da 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 da. Well, we've we've heard a lot about the kind of the, I guess the long term goals of of, of of people's captain. What it was kind of like the immediate. Have you got any new beers coming out that the people could, could get excited about? Or anything kind of new? Uh, what, your next trade show that you're going to be at, or have you got a, a, a kind of a pause in trade shows? Um, after today, we've got a pause in trade shows. Joe, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, we have three or four new beers coming out this year. Um, some of those will be collabs. Um, in fact, most of them will be collabs. Um, and I'm a bit nervous about telling you who they are uh, just now. But I can tell you that we'll be going with Tony's Chocolate Only again, but in a in a slightly bigger way than what we did last year. Nice. Um, I think that's okay to say that. I'm sorry, anybody from Tony's that's listening. Um, <laughs> other chocolates are available, but they're not as good on anti-slavery, just in case they are. Um yeah. And we've got some amazing partners that we work with. So Budgie Smugglers, for example, um, have an amazing way of bringing people together. And um, we're looking to celebrate that more formally, if I can put it that way, in the coming weeks. Uh, Along with um, some collab stuff with uh, one of our restaurants that we're with. And um, we have some some other grand plans to bring out too. So uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to be pretty coy on that because what I don't want to do is stitch myself up in uh, three months' time and your millions of uh, I'll Try That podcasts are going to get in touch with me and say, you said that you were going to have a a rye 7.5% something-something. It's, it's one thing our podcast listeners are they're sticklers for the details you know they'll be right on you in a couple of days time <laughs> yeah. 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 I can only I can imagine email inbox going already but uh, I suppose at the same time there's um, plenty of ways to engage um, with with uh, you guys at People's Capital already so that you guys are on Discord Facebook Twitter and Instagram and, and Untapped if they want to um, keep, keep on with the news and, and that sort of thing I was just thinking Joe we need to actually do a uh, um, a section where we sit and, and drink the beers and, and uh, run through them in, in a forthcoming episode, if, if that's all right with you. <laughs> I think it's all right with me. Uh, yeah, I, I, just to, to, to flag that, um, a, a slight sort of nervous hesitation when you said Discord there, but um, we actually launched Discord when we went live. And it was amazing, much like you guys in your... Um, in the middle of the pandemic just a safe place for people to just open up and talk about what they wanted to it is still live and uh you know i I am still there and i'm very happy to talk to anyone that's there it's just not widely used by most of our customers now um but 
still very much live and kicking. And if anybody uh, wants to get in touch, they're, they're more than welcome. I see, yeah, a thriving Instagram, uh, you know, account that you guys got there. I guess that's how mo- most people could get in contact with you. If, you know, go st- straight slide into your DMs uh, that way if needs be. Slide into DMs, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. And uh, as I say, certainly through Discord, we we are on Twitter. I think it's been, you know, social's been a really interesting space actually because I feel like. Um, there's a lot of positives about social media, loads. And there's also a lot of um, a lot of reasons why social media isn't good for us. And it's, it's a really interesting thing for, that I've been thinking about for a while, is how do we show people that we're there, how do we do what we do, and just be a force for good and remind people that there is good stuff out there. Because... Um, uh, you know, our country, I feel at the moment, is becoming very divisive, and I feel like um, we do just need a bit of dose of a dose of some positivity and some good good things from time to time. So that's why we're there, and that's what we exist for. We're not really there to talk about ourselves, and we we just try and do the best we can and bring a bit of fun with it. Very diplomatic way to sum up social media. Um, <laughs> very accurate <laughs> at the same time as well. Uh, and the government yeah, in one yeah, go. Yeah, that. No, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Media training point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Greg, we love talking to you, you guys at the People's Captain and another, you know, amazing brewery or the force for good as well. And I think that kind of brewing positivity, that's kind of the, the summation of, of People's Captain and what you guys are doing. And, and certainly from everything you, the stories and, and, and everything you've been talking about, uh, you know, I feel like you are delivering on that promise of brewing positivity. So yeah, uh, really been fantastic talking with you. Um, and uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, hope that we can get do another one of these where we actually try the beer. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that as well. <laughs> yeah, let's get that sorted. Cheers, Greg. Right. Thank well, you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll try that podcast.com and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now.